been here for every, uh, every part and every week. In the series, we've heard a number of things. In the first week, we heard about seek first, seek first the kingdom. And a little summary of that is that we give God priority in all of our lives. The second week, I spoke on judge and be judged. And that meant to not be distracted by fixing or controlling others, but by being changed ourselves. The third week uh, was rubbish in, rubbish out, and Tim brought that to us. And uh, that was to be wise with how we live, because there's opposition against us. And then last week, young Matt spoke on use it or lose it, and it meant that there's a need to be faithful with what we have now, not comparing with others or looking to, or looking to the future. And then tonight, I'm going to be speaking on reaping and sowing. Now, if you remember, this series is based on a book called The Cloud and the Line, written by Paul Gibbs, who's the founding director of the Pays Movement. And, um, whoops, that's not it. How come we're going back that way? Can you put my thing back on, Dan? There it is. Oh, look at that. And um, The Cloud and the Line, and if you remember, the line is a place where a lot of people live, that place where we talk about if we only do that, we'll get God's approval, but if we don't do that, we'll do something else and, and he won't have any favour on us. And so we live in this place of, of laws and rules and, and stuck in those laws and rules uh, trying to get God's approval and trying to be with him. Then we understand that God really wants us to live in a place where we're in his presence, that we're connecting with his heart, that there is this deep relationship with him. And out of that deep relationship, out of his presence in our lives and out of us seeking that presence, there is that sense in which he changes us and transforms us. And as we seek him and seek his heart, so his heart becomes a part of ours. And so that is really what it is to be in the heart of the king. So tonight we talk about reaping and sowing. I'd like to uh, just use this little, I have, to have a little article that I want to read to you in a minute. We're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 6, where this is particular. And Galatians is a book where Paul was fighting against legalism, like people living in the law and on the line, living in the law in order to please God, living in all the rules so that God might be okay with them and making sure that people fit into the box of rules all of the time, the law. Then he's fighting against that. Then in chapter 5, he goes on and to answer a charge that if it's not in the law, well, this gospel of Christ alone will lead to sloppy atmosphere in the church or sloppy practice and it'll be too loose and it'll be all messy and he's fighting against that thought and he begins to show that the the gospel the good news of of God empowers us to love and obey God in the power of the Holy Spirit being in the heart of God being in the cloud if you like as we show the illustration the law can never bring us into that living in the power of God. The law will put us into a box and the law can tell us what to do but it can't change our hearts. Only the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us can change our hearts. Only God can change our hearts. 
We can only be connected with the heart of God because of what he does, not because of all the actions we try to generate to get there. It's by his gift, a free gift to us that he will bring us into his heart. And so then he goes on in chapter 5 and he talks about what is the result of the empowering of God in our lives. And it's the fruit that he brings into our lives because of the indwelling Holy Spirit in us. And they're called the fruits of the Spirit. And they're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I have to do that because I know there's nine. And if I don't get to nine, I know I've missed one out. Uh, Glad there's only nine because I don't have to take my shoes off then. Anyway, so the fruit of the Spirit is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We cannot bear his fruit by our own efforts alone. We have to have him in our lives. We need his empowering, don't we? But we do have a part to play. We do. As I begin, or maybe there's, I'll just show you this before I share this story. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, I could give you a Greek grammar lesson and tell you that that's in the indicative, (laughs) which means that God does that work in us. We live in the Spirit because we come into relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, and it's God's work in us that means that we live by the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And if I was talking about Greek grammar again, I'd say that that's an imperative, which is a command. So it's our job then to keep in step with the Spirit. So we have a part to play. Melissa Francis had no patience for waiting. Not for anything. When this 26-year-old barista talks about slow internet connections, she can barely hide her disdain. And the internet man over, the IT man says, "Mm mm-hmm. Waiting a couple of extra seconds for a page to load feels like an eternity. I'm not proud of it, but I yell at my computer when it's slow, Francis said. The demand for instant results is seeping into every corner of our lives, and not just virtually, Retailers are jumping into same-day delivery services. Smartphone apps eliminate the wait for a cab, a date, a table or a hot restaurant. Movies and TV shows begin streaming in seconds, but experts caution that instant gratification comes at a price. It makes us less patient. The Pew Research Centre's internet, this is an American thing, an American life project sums up a recent study about people under the age of 35 and the dangers of their hyper-connected lives with what sounds like a prescription drug warning. Negative effects include a need for instant gratification and a loss of patience. Anyone who's growled in frustration while a website loads or hold while on hold with a doctor's office knows tolerance for delays in short supply, but impatience may be the most pronounced among the young, wide nearly from birth. So it's an interesting article as um, we recognise that the need for instant gratification is a part of our lives so much every day, isn't it? 
what it all is. So we live by the Spirit. We're working from the text, Galatians chapter 6, verses uh, 7 to 10, and I'll just read those for you. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those to those who belong to the family of believers. So we start there in verse 7. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Now, if we look at that, it sounds like a threat. It sounds like God's threatening us. Don't be deceived. I'm not mocked. It's almost like if, if God is watching and if you do the wrong thing, God is going to get you. He's going to nail you. And um, ultimately, God is watching and ultimately, no one's going to get away with anything, really, because we know we all face God one day, except for what has been covered by Jesus sacrifice for us on the cross by his blood he our sins are forgiven when we receive that gift of forgiveness that he offers us and so we never have to face those things again or the penalty of those things again the point of the passage is not to say that God is waiting to pounce on someone when they do something wrong it's not the point it is to show that God has instituted a law into the very fabric of creation that will and must always work the way that God has designed it to work. And that's the principle of sowing and reaping. Now, we understand that sowing and reaping is an agricultural term, uh, obviously. We all assume that that's the case. But it's one that farmers and gardeners depend on, isn't it? that they sow a seed and they're going to reap a harvest from the seed that they plant. It's a principle that's true to the gardener and the farmer, but it's true, true and it's a principle in the realm of life too, isn't it? What's true in the agricultural realm is true in life. When a person sows in life, they'll eventually reap. Reap from what they sow. And it's not this karma thing that Eastern mysticism talks about. It's got nothing to It's totally different. Karma talks about self. Sowing and reaping in the scriptures talks about a kingdom. It talks about giving into a kingdom. It talks about the heart of a king in our lives to bring the results in a kingdom. But karma just talks about yourself. If you do it, you're going to get it. That's not what this is talking about. Paul is saying, don't be deceived into thinking you can outmaneuver the principles of God. So it says, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. Don't be deceived that you can outmaneuver the principle that God has built into creation. Don't be deceived into thinking you can sow bad seed and get away with it. So you don't sow your wild oats all week and pray that no one finds out. You don't go speeding through the streets and you pray that you don't get a speeding ticket. What you sow is what you'll reap. You don't put your hand on a hot plate and pray that you don't get burned. You reap what you sow. 
It's a principle, isn't it? What you sow is what you reap. And there's just three things I want to share with you tonight, three important truths about sowing and reaping. And the first one is we reap what we sow. Oh, duh. Oh, yeah, nothing like stating the bleeding obvious, is there? But that's the principle. You sow tomatoes, you reap tomatoes or tomatoes. Tomatoes to you, tomatoes to me, whatever. You can sow cucumbers and you can expect cabbages all you like, but you're not going to get them. You're going to get cucumbers, aren't you? It's written, there is this, like a, like a genetic code, written into our flesh, our sinful nature, that there is only a potential, the only potential, and the two, and the only information to produce corruption. We cannot produce the fruits of God in our lives from our flesh or our sinful nature. It's written in the code. You can't sow in the flesh and hope to reap life any more than you can sow a dandelion and hope to get a red rose. It just doesn't work. If you sow then in the spirit, you will reap eternal life. Because life is built into the genetic code, as it were, the genetic code of the spirit. Because God is the author of life. You sow in the spirit, you get life. You sow in the flesh, you get death. If we want to start to see a change in our lives, we can't start by trying to reap a different harvest because we need to start sowing a different seed. Sometimes we focus on getting a different harvest without recognising that we need to sow differently. An illustration of that might be in a marriage relationship. I know there's lots of singles here, but all the married folks. Uh, sometimes in marriage relationships, one of the partners will focus on the faults of the other. And that has never happened in the marriage partnerships here, I'm sure. But um, Tara, stop smiling so much. Uh, Jake's in there, is he? So, oh, good, you can smile. It's okay. Um, I want a different harvest. Now, I want a different result without having to sow differently. I just want a different harvest because I'm not to blame for this one. And so we project the blame to someone else. We've sown the seed, we're getting the harvest, but we project the blame to someone else expecting a different harvest. But it doesn't work. What does it mean to sow in the Spirit? A good place to begin is in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Fruit is produced by sowing the seeds of the fruit we want. Fruit is produced by sowing the seeds of the fruit we want. If these are the fruits of the, that the Spirit wants, wouldn't keeping in step with this Spirit include an active effort to sow the seeds of the fruit that he wants in our lives? Isn't that true? Starting each day by asking God to help us to sow love or to sow patience or to sow kindness or gentleness or self-control. And I know that's hard, but asking God to help us to do that in every situation we find ourselves in. That's about sowing the right seed to get the right harvest. 
when the heat comes on, there's a temptation to lash out, isn't there? We each have this war within us, this war of the flesh, of that old sinful nature trying to break in again, and that sense of the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives, that new nature that he gives us and he transforms us into, but there is this, this war that happens. And when the heat comes on, and don't tell me this doesn't happen to you, but it, it certainly happens to me, when tough times come, it's so tempting to lash out when in, in the flesh, when that guy cuts you off in the traffic, it's so tempting to road rage. And so tempting to yell and scream and cause this expression of the flesh to come out. <laughs> you just want to lash out, don't you? When there's conflict, your flesh can lash out in anger or in violence. And for others, it's shrinking away and hiding and trying to, be pu trying to punish. So that might look like having a... Um, a conflict with a partner or a spouse or something like that and the way that the partner punishes you is by not talking to you it's just giving you the silent treatment and it's so easy to do that for the Christian there's another desire and it's the desire of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit has no desire to lash out and hurt he has no desire for that that's not his nature he wants to sow a different seed the desire is resident within you because it's coming from your, not coming from your flesh, but from the Spirit of God within you. Because he is working a new heart in you. The Bible tells us that when we come into relationship with God, he puts a new heart into us. And that heart is the heart of the king. And he is working within us to develop that heart so that it comes out in our lives so that we are expressing the glory of God in our lives. So we're expressing all of those fruits to people in our lives. Not expressing the fleshly outbursts that we have. The more we can become aware of what seeds we sow, seeds that might sow a negative or a painful harvest, the more our prayer and desire is for the Holy Spirit to help us have a different seed, a different one. How often have you prayed, Holy Spirit, would you give me a different, you plant a different seed in my life? Because I really need a different harvest than what I'm producing. Help me to do that. He helps us be more careful about what we sow. The second thing is we reap more than we sow. Most sowing produces more fruit than what we sow. It's true, isn't it? If I, produce, if I sow an apple seed, the apple seed grows into an apple tree. The apple tree produces bunches of apples, well, we hope it does, and out of that there's more and more fruit. It's, it's the, a sense of the principle of multiplication. In each of those apples, there are more seeds. There's a tremendous multiplication going on. I remember when I was growing up, there was a guy called Robert Schuller, a pastor in the United States, and he had a church made of glass. It was called the Crystal Cathedral in Anaheim in California. And the thing that I remember about him most was when I was a young man, he said this one thing, only God knows how many apples are in one seed. Only God knows. 
And so when we produce or when we sow seeds, there is an expectation of multiplication out of that one seed. And that's not our multiplication, that's God's multiplication through that seed. See, Jesus speaks of this multiplication effect when he speaks of a parable of the four soils, when he says about the good soil, when the, the seed falls on the good soil in Matthew 13, 23. But what is the seed that fell on the good ground? That seed is like the person who hears the teaching and understands it. That person grows and produces fruit, sometimes 100 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 30 times more. There is multiplication in the seeds that we sow. Hosea speaks it, the prophet Hosea speaks of it in chapter 8 and verse 7 of that book in the Old Testament on the converse side of this when he talks about the wicked. And he says, um, those who sow in wickedness will reap the whirlwind. What he's saying is they, what they sow comes back so much greater. There's multiplication effect so that when you, when you sow, you're going to reap more. You sow a seed, you eat more of the seed. You meet more of the fruit of the seed. And there is not just a multiplication effect, there's also a cumulative effect on sowing. What we sow accumulates over time. Every day we are sowing through our actions and through our choices, mostly by little decisions every day of our lives, little bits and pieces. Sometimes we have a really big decision to make, but mostly every day we're making those sort of mundane decisions on what we're going to do, who we're going to affect, the people that we connect with. And those little seeds have an accumulative effect. They begin to adjust our lives by directing our lives. So if we sow, start sowing seeds of laziness, we start moving in that direction of laziness. If we start sowing seeds that bring uh, bad stuff into our minds by the things we look at, for example, that will direct our lives and it will change the, the, the tangent of our lives. It's like a rudder in a ship. You can just adjust it just a little bit and it will cause that ship eventually to move off in the wrong direction or even eventually turn around. And there is this other scientific effect called the butterfly effect, that when a butterfly's wing, uh, and it's been proven, uh, flutters 100 yards away, 100 metres away, it has a, a multiplied effect or a cumulative effect of that wind from one butterfly. It's an amazing thing. Maybe we've had butterfly wind, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You see, this accumulative effect of seeds that we sow has a powerful impact on our lives and on our harvesting. The primary two areas that affect our harvesting are in our character, who we are, and on the people who we affect. So character in Romans 6.19, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness or right living, leading to holy living. Leaving, leaving the way God would have you live. Holiness, uh, sorry, yeah, holiness of character is developed one choice at a time. Our character influences our choices, but our character is also affected by our choices. Our character is that which stands with us and that which God builds within us and that which affects what we choose, but also what we choose will affect our character. 
If a person is kind, their character is formed through acts of kindness. If a person keeps giving love, they become more loving as they express it. I understand that for myself. I love to love people. Just love it. And sometimes I love people so much I get a physical pain in my chest because there's this sense of intensity of love for people. And I find that the more that I love people, the more capacity I have to love people. The more I love, the more I love because God pours into me so that he can pour out of me. It's like just a plastic tube. I'm just like a bit of conduit. God pours in one end and it all pours out the other end into people's lives. And that's the accumulative effect of the, of the seeds that we sow. If, if we're patient in moments, we learn to be patient more and more, bit by bit by bit. Conversely, if a person is continually critical or negative in everything or everyone, then their character is pressed into being critical and they become an unsafe person to be with. You've been around critical people before, not safe. Now, we don't have to wait for a heart change in order to act differently. When we believe in Christ, we are given a new heart. And out of that new heart, we choose to do the things that God wants us to do. We choose to love more. We choose to be kind more. We choose to be gentle more, even though it's really hard. We choose to try and have patience. We choose uh, self-control. When we believe, he gives us that heart and, and he gives us what the Spirit desires because the Spirit dwells within us. If we live by the Spirit, or made spiritually alive, which means that God has done his work in us, then we will have the ability to keep on in step with the Spirit. If we're not keeping in step with the Spirit, the problem is, is probably not with God, the problem is probably with us even though we want to blame God all of the time. Give us a different harvest, although we've sown a different seed. He says, no, no, sow a different seed and you'll get the right harvest. You see. He says, more than just receiving forgiveness when we come to Christ, we come to know Jesus, for he died to give us that new heart, to replace our heart of flesh and to give us a heart that is towards him, to give us his own heart. There might be a presence of sin sometimes. There might be this war that's within you. And we, but we're no longer slaves to sin. He set us free from that. If, if you're a Christian, you're no longer a slave to anger. You're no longer a slave to worry. You're no longer a slave to betrayal. You're no longer a slave to deceit or gossip or slander. You're no longer a slave to those things. You have a choice what, sow, what seed you're going to sow. You are not sin's servant anymore. Hello? Hey, Karen, nice to have you. You're not sin's servant anymore. We are free to sow God's seeds and see the reaping of God's harvest. And we need God to help us, don't we? We need to realise that God's change isn't always instant. It's one seed at a time. See, God has designed us to be marathon runners, not sprinters in life. Now, that's not to say that God doesn't bring instant things from time to time, but that's generally the exception to the rule. I would love it, and I often pray, 
God, would you fall on us just like you fell on the people of Wales in that revival back there in the early 1900s or in other ways that you have uh, come on people in revival before? I often pray for that, for this place. But I know that I've got to continually sow seeds, one seed at a time, step by step by step by step by step, because then I know that the harvest will come. I don't know when, but it will come. The good news of the gospel and the kingdom is when we fail, we don't need to wallow in condemnation or guilt. We have an advocate who forgives us and gets us back in step with the Spirit. And when we're in step with the Spirit, we sow the seeds of the Spirit. And the other thing, sorry, the other thing is other people that is affected. What we sow daily in our lives has an effect on other people. Every action... What's the physical, physics principle? Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Is that correct? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. It's always embarrassing when you quote something wrong and you stand up here and all the smart people are sitting down there. It's always hard. You see, each of us have an effect on other people either positively or negatively. We have an effect by the seeds that we sow. Do you remember... Oh, no. Hang on. There's a few older people here. Um, I remember... Who remembers watching the TV when Neil Armstrong got out of the spaceship and walked on the moon? You weren't that, you're not that old, my dear. You're not that old. You need to be old, as old as me. You're a bit younger than me. Remember that? Yeah, we remember that. All of you are going, oh, we saw that in the museum. Yeah, thanks. When Neil Armstrong stepped out of that that module, whatever it is that landed on the moon, you watch the footage and you see his footprints or his boot prints on the moon, don't you? If you go to the moon now, those, those boot prints are exactly the same as when he planted his foot on there. What was it, 1970 what? 69. Yeah, I was seven, I remember. And stop laughing, Tim. And uh, so you could go back to the moon and the footprints are exactly the same. Why? Because there's no wind, there's no water. Unless the meteorite landed on the footprints, they're going to stay there for the next million years if it's going to last that long. We leave footprints in other people's lives that will last for eternity. The footprints that we can leave in someone else's life will have eternal effects in their life. Many, many of us can point to some people who had a major effect in our lives. I remember old ladies, and I said this this morning, old ladies who used to teach me in Sunday school. I won't sing the songs, but um, I still remember the songs, word for word, because these godly ladies would teach us every week. There was one called Fruit Salad, and then Jesus wants me for a sunbeam to shine for him each day. <laughs> Some of us from Wendy remembers that one. <laughs> in every way, try to help him at home, at school, at play. A sunbeam, a sunbeam. Jesus wants me for a sunbeam. A sunbeam, a sunbeam. I'll be a sunbeam for him. Yep, the flip, the flip things. Did you do fruit salad as well? Yeah, fruit salad's great. It takes too long to sing, so I won't do it. <laughs> you want me to sing, Jesus wants you, me for a sunbeam? No, okay. Do you want it, Karen? Haven't you heard that one? 
Jesus wants me for a sunbeam to shine for him each day. <clears throat> In every way try to help him at home, at school, at play. A sunbeam, a sunbeam, Jesus wants me for a sunbeam. A sunbeam, a sunbeam, I'll be a sunbeam for him. That's what we used to sing. Yeah. But it's these people that make a difference in your life. My dad was here this morning. He's 87 years of age. Been a Christian for 76 years. And followed God faithfully in his life. Many of the things that happen in my life, many of my reactions, many of those things, the footprints of my life, are, are my dad's shaped footprints. Even my son said to me just yesterday, you've got the same spirit as grandpa. And that's a great thing that I think is wonderful. People put things into your life that last for all eternity. You put things in people's lives that last for all eternity. We don't know the effects that our footprints will have on other people's lives, but our responsibility is to live in step with the Spirit. And just finally, a third thing, we reap in a different season than when we sow. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, or in some versions it says in due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Not just the family of believers, but especially to those who are the family of believers. When a person sows, there is a delay between the sowing and the reaping. When I was a jackaroo and we used to sow wheat seeds, I was reminded this morning that it takes about four months from sowing a wheat seed to harvest. We used to have to sow the seeds and wait. You couldn't expect to go out the next day and get another harvest. We get hoodwinked into thinking that in sowing in the flesh has no effect tomorrow, so we keep doing it. I've spoken to lots and numbers of young guys particularly who have things like porn addictions in their life. And because it has no effect tomorrow, there's no reaping immediately, they think, oh no, that's okay, no one will see, it's all right. There's no effect, so I'll just keep on doing it. Let me tell you, there's always going to be a harvest. With you sow that seed, there will be a harvest, particularly in your relationships. It will affect your relationships significantly. We're all guilty of it, not just that, but guilty of sowing seeds in the flesh and thinking, oh, well, she'll be right, no one sees, God will forgive me anyway. That's not the point, that's not being in step with the Spirit. When we sow in the Spirit, we realise there's a delay in the reaping and it is the Holy Spirit who says to us, keep going, don't weary in doing good, keep doing good, keep loving people. Keep being gentle and kind. Keep being uh, good. Keep being patient. Keep on doing it. Keep on going. Don't stop. Keep on going. Don't give up in doing good. You might have been sowing good things in a relationship or a situation and you can't see the reaping yet. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't stop. The harvest will come. Do good. We're saved by doing good, but 
We are saved, we're not saved by doing good, but we are saved in order to do good. And that's in keeping in step with the Spirit. So God saves us to sow good seeds, seeds of the Spirit, and to see the harvest of reaping, reaping the harvest that he gives in due season. And finally, sow a thought, reap a word. Sow a word, reap a, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that you have established laws in your creation that are true. Forgive us for ignoring them. Forgive us for thinking that we can do things to manoeuvre around them or circumvent them. For you have set these things in place so that we will be your people in this world to bring your glory, to sow your seeds and to reap your harvest. Father, if there are people in this room tonight who have been sowing seeds, expecting a harvest and haven't seen it yet and they're starting to feel weary, they're starting to feel tired and they're ready to give up, I pray over them, dear God, whoever they might be, that you would encourage them to keep on going, to do good, to sow seeds of the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit, because we know in due season your harvest will come. That's the rule. That's your rule. And we trust that. So help us to be a people who sow good seeds, not just in this place, but in the community in which we live, the workplaces that we have, to the neighbours who we live with, to the shopkeepers who serve us, to whoever it is that we come in contact with. Father, help us to sow your seed into their life so that your harvest will come in them for your glory and for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.